This is a Dece World production in association with Pants Pending Studios. Hey everyone, it's Deese, and I'm here to tell you about a brand new show called Some Imperfections, the advice podcast hosted by Abby Buckenberger, Sierra Kosi, and myself. They are certified life coaches, and I'm a comedian. They'll answer all your questions about life, love, spirituality, and much more, and I'll chime in with stories about how when I was in seventh grade, my friend and I dropped acid, and then my friend tried to fight our teacher. So tune in every other Wednesday at decomedy.com, IamAlliance.me, or follow us on Spotify. And go to sub.imperfections on Instagram to send us your anonymous topics and questions. We'll see you there. You are now listening to The Social Hour. They're not PC So if occasional foul language turns you off Then you have all been warned This is the call before the storm So I'll watch fucking Cupcake Challenge The (laughs) Russian edition You have potatoes in spite Make cupcake Get ready for the social hour Studios in Spokane, Washington. This is the Social Hour. On today's show, hypnotherapist Jennifer Schluter. And now your host. He's been watching the new Marvel's Loki show so he can learn how to trick more people too into listening to this show. You know, I've been doing comedy for a long time and um, it it kind of started, it kind of got spawned out of another project, but um, I just like the medium. I mean, I, I used to work in radio and I like the, I just kind of like the format of long form conversations and just letting them kind of breathe and go. You don't really get that especially in radio anymore, everything's, I don't know how it is where you are, but in America, everything's like quicker, faster, in, out, here's 37 seconds of a song, then eight minutes of commercials, and then, you know, someone has a wacky retort, and there's a fart sound, and then, you know, it's back to 37 seconds of a, of a crappy song no one wants to hear. Um, and I just, you know, especially now in this age like this, you know, via Zoom, you know, I me in America, you in Cape Town, it's so easy to talk to, you know, you have a global reach. So it's nice to talk to people you'd never have an opportunity to uh, speak with before. I love it. I love it. And what made you move from LA to um, Washington? Because I used to live in LA also for like eight years. Oh, did you? uh, What part of LA were you in? Mm -hmm. I was literally everywhere from North Hollywood to USC to Long Beach, (laughs) all over the place. Glendale, you were, you were everywhere. Yeah, I was uh, Long Beach specifically is where I grew up. Uh, I always just, for a little bit. Yeah, I always just say L.A. because it's, you know, people, uh, if you get more specific than that, like if you say Glendale, people would be like, I don't know what that, you know. <laughs> um, and, and you, where'd you live? Long Beach. 
Yeah, Long Beach is where I I grew up. So, ah. yeah, I uh, you know to to why I left. I wait, think... it is freezing right now. Oh, is it? Maybe I should take oh. the video off. Let's see. You're good now. I don't. Is it freezing still? Uh, no, now it's good. Actually. Okay. All right. Hopefully this. It just needs time to warm up a little bit. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I moved from L.A. to Washington. I was just tired of – I kind of bounced around. I, I From L.A., then I moved to actually Montana for a little bit, western Montana. Uh, then I moved back to L.A. for a few years, and then I remembered why I left L.A., uh, and, uh, I was just tired of the traffic and the people and it's, you know, I mean, everyone wants to go to LA except for the people who grew up there. The people who grew up there are tired of it. And I was one of those people. Um, I think the biggest thing is, I don't know if you found this when you lived there, Jennifer, but every, I feel like every interaction with people is disingenuous. Like everyone in LA is kind of like a facade. Like they're like a caricature of a person who is just trying to find a way to use every situation. So, you know, to help them write their screenplay or something. It's. <laughs> I found that in the industry, but I actually hung out with a lot of um, first or second generation immigrants. So, like people from, you know, Latinos and um, Black people and everybody. And so it's, it was very different in these communities. And also in the Asian community, like I feel like the, the the immigrants have a different, totally different take on life when they are from LA. Sure. But then when it comes to like people in the industry, I agree with what you said. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of where, since I was, you know, working uh, kind of in entertainment at the time, it was very, I just was, it was, and it's too, you, especially in comedy, it's too expensive to live there. And I mean, I can, I live in the Northwest now and I mean, I'm working, I'm, I'm pr performing five days a week around And I mean, as long as you're near an airport now, you know, you can be, and you don't need to be in LA. Like I didn't want to be in sitcoms, so I didn't need to be in LA anymore. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, by the way, so I, we are, we are recording. We're with, uh, just guests, uh, just so you know, listeners, we are with, uh, Jennifer Schluter. She's with us all the way from Cape Town. Uh, Jennifer is a, uh, myriad, it's done a myriad of things, lived all over. She is a hypnotherapist among other things. Um, appreciate you being here, Jennifer, especially what, what time is it there in Cape Town? Thank you so much for having me. And it is um, 6.30 p.m. So we're nine hours apart. Oh, wow. Jeez. Now, how you've kind of lived all over, you said. How did you end up getting to Cape Town? Um, I just think it's the most beautiful city in the world. And whenever people come here, they're like, they're blown away by the nature, by the food, the quality of food. And a quality of life that you can have here. Like we were just talking about, we've both lived in LA. Mm -hmm. So let's say you get, you know, a one bedroom in LA for a thousand and up. That's yeah. very cheap. Yeah, that's, <laughs> very cheap. Yeah. And so the same you would get here for like half or whatever. So it's like, it's, it's a no brainer, literally. And you have it by the ocean, like by the ocean, very close, like two minutes from the ocean or whatever. So it's, um, it's beautiful. That and the is, different kinds of people, it's everything. I, I could talk for days about it. <laughs> yeah. that. So, I mean, when people, I think, 
it's very interesting because when people think Africa, uh, it's very, I mean, obviously it's a huge continent and there's a lot of differences. I mean, you have everything from uh, where you're at in South Africa to the Congo to Egypt. You know, you've got such a large swath of, you know, it's hard to uh, pigeonhole Africa, but I think when people think Africa, they, they don't think, you know, booming metropolis like Cape Town. And Cape Town is the most European city in Africa, I would say, because I've been to many other cities in Africa as well. So I've been to the Arabic cities and then I've been to the Central African cities. And then here, this is like Cape Town is pretty much Europe and has Africa mixed in it. And that's why I like it, too. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's a mix. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mix of everything. How long have you lived there for? Um, I've been coming here since 2017, every summer. So okay. every year I would stay for like two to four months. And now is the first time I'm staying longer because the president keeps extending our visas and I like it. Nice. All right. <laughs> well, that's staying. a good reason. Um, is it, is it safe there? You, as in every other city, I would say you have to be vigilant and you, you have to listen to what locals say. So, for example, I would not take an Uber at night. Uh, I mean, sorry, I would take an Uber at night. I would not walk by myself at night. And as in LA, for example, I feel a lot. Sometimes I feel a lot safer here just because and, and as a woman, um, I feel like there's not as much cat, cat calling as, mm -hmm. um, for example, in LA. And um, but there is lots of, you know, um, there's lots of people snatch your phone or whatever sometimes. So it's um, you have to be you have to be you have to work with your senses like yeah. all, of the, all the time. Just be aware, yeah. kind of. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like any city. And I think yeah. you've it sounds like you've traveled quite a bit around the, you know, internationally and you kind of just get used to that, like that kind of I mean, not not like it's a standard of, of thievery across the world, but you do kind of just get used to that traveling like. I'm just aware, you know, things happen in any city you're in, big or small, and you just kind of, as you get to a bigger city, you scale up, you know? I mean, crime happens in small cities, and as you go larger cities, it scales up percentage-wise comparative to the amount of people there. Um, so you just become a little more vigilant, kind of aware of how to, you know, maybe I don't walk down that dark alley alone tonight, uh, you know, things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So where are you uh, from originally? Originally, I was born and raised in a very, very small village in Germany. Like, I'm calling it a village because it's like 3,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's very village-like, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> uh, in, where, uh, where at did you say? Um, in Germany, and it was close to Stuttgart. Oh. Uh, so it's south, southwest Germany. Wow. Now, how did you get... Everywhere you've been, I mean, what? Well, first of all, let's talk about growing up in a small village in Germany. How, it, like, how does that affect your perspective going to uh, LA? I mean, how long did you live in this in this village of seventeen people? Um, the <laughs> <laughs> it says the person is from LA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, so I lived there. So our closest or our closest town, so to say, was like 35,000 people and it was like five kilometers away. Um, so there were things, but we were very close off. And the first time I ever saw 
um, weed or joined was in when I come to came to LA when I was 19 years old. And I was very sh that showed me how sheltered I was. Yeah. And I could walk to school. I could walk to kindergarten. I walked when I was three years old. I walked to kindergarten. It was no problem at all. I walked to school. It was very safe. It was very sheltered. Um, but in in Europe, it is common if you're like middle class that you actually travel a lot or not a lot, but, you know, sometimes like in summer vacation or whatever. Yeah. So my parents would take me to travel already to like Italy or France or whatever. So um, that's when I kind of opened up to the idea of traveling. And then I got to when I was 16, I wanted to do an exchange and I wanted to be an exchange student. So I was filling out my application and then I put down I want to be. I think I love swimming pools and palm trees. <laughs> and then they put, they put me to Orange County. Well, that's, that and has both when those things. I was things. 16 and other people ended up in Kansas or Missouri or whatever. God, lucky you. Then, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> I came to Orange County and that's how I came to LA in the end. Oh, wow. Where in Orange County were you at? Um, I was in Mission View. Oh, okay. I have, yeah, actually, it's funny. I have family that lives in Mission Viejo. Uh, yeah, that is very, uh, that's pretty Orange County, Mission Viejo. That's, what a what a vast, I mean, what kind of culture shock? You obviously traveled around Italy and stuff, you said, but what a culture shock going from this village in Germany to Mission Viejo, where it's just like kind of like OC malls, fashion, you know, just, just white people. Well, you'll probably use that in Germany. Uh, but the... It's like, <laughs> Mission Viejo probably has more white people than Germany does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what was that transition like? Um, oh, my God. So the transition was, first of all, the high school life, because high schools are a bit different. And what the attention of people went on, like it was more on, you know, sports are super huge and like, you know, American football versus soccer in Germany. And in Germany, it's also not a, it's not a school sports, but it's a community sport. So the whole village or the whole town will play in, and in, in America, it's the schools will play or the colleges. Yeah. So that was a bit of a difference. And then during my, in my free time, obviously, we went to malls and I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do at malls? Like, <laughs> you know, I used to be a country girl. I went out in nature and I yeah. <laughs> went for walks and go to, went to lakes and did whatever. But it was, yeah, it was a bit of a difference, but it was, it was as amazing as it could be because. I fell in love with, you know, California in, in general, like LA, San Diego, and it was beautiful. And I was like, wow, I, it, it seemed like the movies, you know, like we had watched this in movies. So I was yeah. like, I want to study there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long did you stay there the first time around? The first time was four weeks. And then um, like three years later, I had decided to go study there. And then you, did you go, so you went to college in the area or? Yeah, I went to college at um, LA City College and Cal State LA. Okay, and then how yeah. long? How long were you here that second time? Um, that time was for eight years. So that time I stayed for eight years, and then I worked for two years as well. So um, I spent quite a bit. So I've spent my whole twenties pretty much. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good haul. That the uh, I, I always you know wonder what it's like again moving from such a you know that idea of. I'm fascinated with how foreigners look at America, um, especially at places like L.A., because that's kind of, you know, when people it, for, when people internationally think about America, you know, they're not thinking about Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, they're probably, you know, 
places like LA and New York and things like that are kind of what come to mind. Um, and as someone who, who is a native of LA and um, not a huge fan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> very uh, diplomatic, hey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I listen. The we L.A. and I had our dance. We had our romance. It's over. the The flame is out. Uh, um, so you know, it's always interesting to me how people view it from the outside looking in, and then as someone like you, when you get there, you know what? What kind of what did you see that you didn't expect? What was like different from your expectations? Things like that. You know, what really surprised you about the area? um tough it was a lot um where do i start <laughs> first of all all the drugs like literally and i'm not a person i don't i don't even do drugs i don't even smoke weed but uh it, it was just for me when i moved into the house i was like oh my god and like i said i was a freaking village i was raised in a village yeah. and i saw all the drugs and i saw all the partying all the time and I, at, at for the very first time in my life i came across people who were late because <laughs> we in Germany you know we're like 10 minutes early and then it's like my one friend she shows up like two hours later I was like what and so I didn't understand that concept of time that is very different and then of course all the traffic and the the hugeness of everything everything is bigger and everything is huge but at the same time what it gave me was the the notion of first of all freedom and then second of all it was I can do anything that I want and my former boss told me that he was one time I, I was trying to get the work visa and he was like why would you think it wouldn't work out why name me all the reasons why it should work out and then obviously it worked out so it is the land of opportunity is it it is the land of endless opportunities you just need the right people you just need to know the right people and you need to be in the right place at the right time I guess yeah yeah. So it made my mind limitless. It made me think limitlessly, which I'm forever grateful for. Sure. That, that's an interesting point because I, uh, as uh, an ugly American, I don't know anything about the culture of other countries because I don't need to. Um, and the, uh, <laughs> um, the, as someone, you know, growing up in Germany, like what, what is the political landscape like for, for Jennifer growing up in Germany like what's your view of your country and their their political kind of uh, leanings and how things work you know growing up in in Germany what's that look like to be honest I wasn't too interested and also I left when I was 18 so before I could understand everything more deeply I was just like I was like you know it's nice it's nice to be in the European Union it's nice to have the euro it's nice to travel around that's all I cared about yeah so, and I had all the freedom, I had everything. So I wasn't worried about anything. And it was, oh, okay. So what also stunned me is obviously in LA, there's so much poverty and there's so much homelessness, which you would never find in Germany. And you would also never find so many mentally um, ill, disabled people sure. mm -hmm. on the streets. Um, versus in Germany, you would maybe find one person in like your whole life that you would see that would be as mentally ill as people in LAR all the time you run across them all the time so it was very that was very shocking what why do you think that is um I think because when in, in America is built on debt it's built on making debt yeah and if you 
have no more nowhere to go anymore with your money and if you just stock up debt debt with your credit cards with everything else when you can't pay anything anymore then you're fucked so you you're going to be on the streets and um then the mentally ill people i guess america has also built has a lot has a big um pharmaceutical industry i guess and they would rather it's it's capitalism they would rather have people pay for their me medicine in quotation marks versus really teaching them how to really find themselves and how to um, use alternative methods to heal, to heal from their trauma, for example. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. That's, that's, that's one of the uh, reasons that I was interested in talking to you is that uh, you do hypnotherapy. Um, now, how there's so many ways that I feel like that can, that can help people. And, um, you know, but I feel like a lot of people would consider that like, you know, hocus pocus and that's, that's not a genuine therapy or there's no, uh, medical basis for that. So, I mean, how did you get into doing hypnotherapy to, to begin with? Well, so my first, my very, very first hypnosis session was when I was down and my private life was kind of going like really south and then my, my job also, I, I didn't feel fulfilled. I just, I was like, everything's just sucks. So I need to do something. I'm just being negative and depressed and whatnot. And so my friend said, Hey, why don't you go to hypnotherapist to my hypnotherapist? And I was like, mm, I don't have anything to lose. Was this, so after was the very, this in LA? Yeah. Was this in LA? In LA. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. And after the very first session, I, I just made the decision that I'm going to quit my job and travel the world. And that's how impactful was the, that's what the very first session did to me. And I was like, wow. And so when I started my journey, then like six months later, I started traveling the world and working online. And I met another hypnotherapist who taught me about, um, who completely transformed my money mindset, who helped me fix the relationship to my mom. And we have a great relationship now, whereas before we would rarely even talk. And then also it helped me find out why I was dating the type of guys that I was dating. So it had such a big impact on my life that I was like, hey, I want to share this with the world. I want to share this with more people. And people come to me for advice anyway all the time. So yeah. <laughs> why not? Is, is hypnotherapy, I, I, I've never done hypnotherapy, but I very much am into uh, I do, you know, I meditate every morning. I am, uh, I, I do, I'm, are you familiar with like sound, what a sound bath is? Yes. I do sound, Beautiful. I do sound baths regularly and things like that. I do, you know, the, uh, uh, sensory deprivation chambers and things, things like that. Uh, I, am very much into those type of, uh, ideas. And I feel like hypnotherapy is kind of like, it's almost it's not this mysticism where you're it's, there's no magic behind it. It's almost like a guided meditation. Is that, is that kind of a good way to put it? Like you're guiding someone through a meditation to help them work through problems, trauma, et cetera. That's what it is. So it is a guided meditation with a purpose. So let's say the purpose is um, finding the root cause of your depression and hypnotherapy can do that way faster than a talk therapy, for example, because you are in a relaxed state of mind. Your mind is not analyzing anymore, not thinking anymore. It's in the same state of mind as you are when you're in meditation in the flow cha uh, chamber. It's the same same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, what 
what was your, I mean, what kind of training do you go through to become a hypnotherapist where you're, uh, I mean, obviously inspired your session inspired you, which is great. Um, life changing. And so what road did you take to become a hypnotherapist? So for me, I went to an institute in California. Um, it was not the, the famous hypnotherapy institute that's in LA, I think. Um, it was another institute that's in, in Orange County, and um, I took a course there, and then I took a few courses um, on past life regression and just on, and on, on inner child healing and just building up on that. Yeah, that, and that's so important. I feel this is something that it may be as someone uh, who's traveled the world and not from America, you could see this your perspective is a little bit better. Um, but America, as you said, built on capitalism, built on so many th things like that is very, uh, you know, we pride ourselves on overworking, you know, someone who doesn't sleep a lot is like a source of pride and just kind of nose to the grindstone, those type of things. And what they don't, what you don't realize is how much that it's this low grade depression that just adds up and adds up and compounds. And, it compounds so slowly that you don't realize it's happening. Um, and then you're just swimming in it forever. Um, and no one takes the time to stop and really compartmentalize and look at how these things are affecting their day-to-day -day life. Yeah. I agree. And people are looking for outside sources to, to heal them uh, rather than going within. I think the, uh, the scariest part, I think, for most people it, it, I, I think, and, and I can't say just Americans, but I think in general, people are scared to go inside and look at what is really affecting them. It's scary. It's easier to just uh, do what they're used to, you know, the, the normal day to day, even if it's, you know, even if they don't like their day to day life, normal, consistent is still manageable they it's something they know what's inside they might have to deal with shit they don't even know about yet i agree but the great thing is about your subconscious mind which is by the way 95 percent of your brain which is incredible and so your subconscious mind obviously your brain will always want you to survive and it will always want you to be happy and good so whatever you uncover in a session when you try to heal yourself with Whatever it is, whatever your modality you're choosing, whether it's a sound bath, whether it's the flow chamber, whether it's hypnotherapy, your subconscious mind will always give you what you're ready to deal with because we are that intelligent as humans. We're, your subconscious mind will never give you anything that you're not ready to deal with because now you are older and wiser than when you were than this other, when, than when this other situation happened. So yeah. there's literally, it shouldn't be so scary and it shouldn't be made so, so scary always. Yeah, I I agree. I um, I've always said that it it it's things going through things in your head and and uh, the things that you know hypnotherapy and things may reveal uh, may be difficult and challenging, but uh, they're not they're challenges you can face. And also, once you actually get through them, um you're that much stronger and more equipped to deal with everything else in life. And I always assure people like whatever you're, you have to deal with will be a very short part of your life. So it may be very uncomfortable for a couple months while you deal with it, but the rest of your life will be better. Or you can just live the rest of your life dealing with like subconsciously dealing with this weight 
um, which is not worth it. You don't realize how much weight you're carrying until you unload it, I guess. Yes, I agree. Oh my God. Yes. So right. Yeah. And I, I mean, how, how do you draw that? I mean, how do you do our, I guess I should ask this. Are most of your clients, uh, are they in person? Is that, or, or are you doing things oh, via, via Zoom like this, or is it all in person now? No, I wanted to have a life where I was location in, independent. So most of my clients are online. But then last year, ironically, I wanted to start having my clients in person. Um, but I've always had clients in person, like, for example, my friends or people um, where I was in, in, in Egypt or in Ethiopia, or whatever. And then I always did workshops. So that's what I actually enjoy doing in person like group group stuff where you're group stuff but i also have my my private clients that um that i see here um in person okay now um how many of these people are doing hypnotherapy for the first time and how many of them is are they you know is something they've done multiple times i would say half half and you know what the great thing is sometimes the people who've never done it they're so much more open and they're just like yo let me let me do this let me start this <laughs> like i was at at the beginning when i when i started it um so it's it's really beautiful beautiful what is your method you use like what can you tell us a little bit about how it works when you're guiding someone through meditation or uh, hypnotherapy absolutely so it basically starts off like a meditation. So I relax your body first, and then I relax your mind. And once you're in that state, I'm going to give you a few more visualizations. For example, I'm going to take you to your, a garden, to your favorite place in nature, to a beach, just where you feel really comfortable and where your mind can feel really comfortable as well. And then depending on what you want to work on, I most mostly take people to a space of light. And I equal that with the soul, which is for me, the light of love and peace and wisdom. And so I ask that light either, okay, what's the root cause for your depression, for example, for your anxiety, whatever. And then you can do that with the same, you can do the same with past lives, like bring us back to a past life that's going to teach you a lesson that you um, need to learn today. Or if you want to channel, if you believe in um, otherworldly beings, I call them, you can also channel them, you can connect with the deceased loved one. That's all what you can do when your brain is in a relaxed state of mind, which is simply what hypnosis is. And then we work on it and then you can speak to me while you're in hypnosis. You're not going to wake up, but you can speak to me and then I'll just take you out and that's it. How deep do these people go in hypnosis? I mean, what, like, is it, is it, is it very trance-like where they're just completely out, uh, and kind of, um, I mean, not, not as aware of what's going on around them or is it, is it more like just a, Hey, I'm just kind of, I got my eyes closed and I'm just kind of hanging out here. So the bigger the trust between the client and the hypnotherapist is, the more you can actually let go and trust that you're going to be taken to like a freaking amazing state and translate and whatnot. You don't even, you don't need the flow chamber. You don't need, need any substances because I know some people like to do ayahuasca, whatever, but you can all achieve all of that simply with your mind. So um, depending on the trust factor and depending on the state of the day of the person, I would say, because sometimes you get deeper trusts, other times you're just like, oh my God, my mind is not stopping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is challenging, but it's one of those things you really need to work on. I mean, I'm mean, someone who uh, yes. tries to meditate every day. Um, 
it's it's not an instant thing and then sometimes like you said some days are easy some days um you fall into a trance easily and you only need a short meditation sometimes you struggle and it take you sit there for now it depends you know i mean so there's different factors going into it i assume absolutely yeah it's, it's the state of the day sometimes you just can't you just can't switch your mind off and it's the same with me even though i have a lot of practice sometimes it happens that i'm not able to go in trance and that's okay also because then that's going to teach you something. You just have to see what it teaches you rather than seeing this like, oh my God, I can't be hypnotized or I'm a failure or whatever. So just really see the lesson in that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, uh, it, I mean, it's got to, it is a difficult thing because I mean, I, I, like I said, such a proponent of, I, as someone who, um, when I was 18, I was like, my blood pressure was through the roof. Like I had, so I had a, I call it a mild heart attack. My doctor told me that there was nothing there's no such thing as a mild heart attack when i was 18 years old um but i mean i was living a crazy lifestyle i never slept smoked drank a bunch uh, recreational drugs regularly and uh my blood pressure was through the roof they put me on all this medication and uh anti-anxiety medication blood pressure stuff all this thing and i just i hated taking it so one day i just stopped taking it and I started, uh, like exercising and trying to meditate and, you know, eventually, um, now my blood pressure is super regulated. Like everything's fine. I don't need any medication. And I, you know, the mind is very powerful. You can use that. Uh, it just takes time, you know? Exactly. And then what, what is also important, I think is to do something creatively because we always, we, we have so much external things, so many external things that we don't have any output. We always have input, 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 input every single day, every single second. And then once we start doing, once we start doing, doing output, <laughs> outputting, whether that's through exercise, through dancing, through writing, through anything, it's, it's just like, it, it, it can cure whatever you have. Like it's, it's a beautiful way to just feel better and to stop taking meds. Yeah. Do you, do you think that um, kind of the way society is going is causing issues with uh, depression, mental illness? Uh, you know, studies show that there's a direct correlation with uh, the uptick in social media and things like that uh, correlated to uh, depression and anxiety in people. 100,000%. Yeah, it's, yes. yeah, it's, it's a... You know, the lifestyle, because what do they say? That people really only have the capacity to know about 120 people. You know, essentially what was your tribe, uh, you know, a million years ago or however many years ago. We lived in much smaller um, congregations where now you literally can know everyone in the world uh, in a sense. You know, I mean, not 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 obviously not everyone, but in a sense, you can connect with almost everyone in the world. Uh, you can, mm -hmm. you know, you get on Twitter and you really follow almost anyone or in it, it's almost too much information. There's too much coming at us sensory wise from too many angles all the time. And then ask yourself, why do you need that? Why do you need to know about hundred thousand of people? Why do you need to know about what XYZ is going to do in his morning routine or in his evening routine or dating who and who, whatever, you know, like, why do you need to know that? Yeah, <laughs> that is, 
is that something that you think is global also, or is that more an American thing? It's a Western thing. Um, okay. I it, it's it's coming sadly into um, African countries as well, into um, South American countries, but it's definitely it's a first world thing because obviously they have more phones, they have more internet and whatnot. Um, but I realized that when I travel into countries that um, do not have the means that like Western countries have, for example, mm -hmm. they live more in the now and they live more in the moment and they spend a lot, they tend to spend a lot of more time with their tribe, with their actual tribe, with their families. It's, it's bigger families. They're more um, with their families a lot and they help each other more in their community and their tribe and their family. So it's, it's a bit of a difference still. Yeah. I think, you know, they're, they're just living closer to the way humans were kind of designed to live. Um, what, uh, I mean, do you have any thoughts on how that's going to look in the future as we go down this technological rabbit hole um, and how that could affect us? Because, I mean, you, you know, bi human biology takes uh, thousands of years to evolve um, and technology is evolving by leaps and bounds every day. So we, I, we ha don't have the capability to keep up with it in an evolutionary standpoint and what that does to us. Um, you know, how do you think that kind of flattens the evolutionary curve of, of mankind? I think there's two roads that where this could go. So the first road is that I think that technology is something that humans are trying to create because they forgot the, the power that they have within because humans can communicate telepathically. Um, when you're in that meditative state, in that um, hypnosis state, in that relaxed state, you can do that. You can feel other humans, you can feel their energy, you can communicate with them. So if we stop using technology, we would be fine. We would be able to trust our own power within and we would be able to communicate with people all over the world too. But then again, if you go down the technology route, if you just are bombarded all the time with everything, and if you just leave up everything to technology, um, it can go down a different route, I guess. And it, it's, it's going to become more like we've seen this last year. It's going to become not as social. It's going to become very distant. We're not humans anymore. We're going to become like robots. So um, two ways that we can go. And I hope it's going to be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of scary. Technology is obviously, you know, it's cliche, but it's a double edged sword. We there's so many great things about technology like this conversation right now is couldn't happen without technology uh but it also gives us access to so many dangerous things and really kind of takes us down a path where we become detached and almost robotic and really kind of one with technology which takes away the humanity of of life absolutely and i think it's also the education about technology how do you educate somebody about technology how do you use it? How are you planning to use it? I also, I love technology, man. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be able to have as much freedom with my online business, right? Yeah. But I use it for, for my personal gain, so to say, and for the things that I love doing. And I try to limit my amount of scrolling, of comparing, because that happens obviously, and of whatever it is. Um, but if we go down the route of technology, I think it's very important to educate our youth and our children of how to use it and how to um disconnect yeah at least you know how many hours a day whatever it is yeah well there's I, I was reading some 
some study the other day that was talking, you know, was correlating uh, less technology with happiness, to, for lack of a better way to put it. And, you know, they're saying people who, uh, like, are active for 20 minutes a day have this percentage better happiness, and people who go outside and are active for this percentage of a day, and people who go, you know, to complete where there's no, you know, completely outside, like in the woods, where there's no cars and other people, where you're completely disconnected and don't have technology and aren't like on your phone for, you know, they said like 30 minutes in a day, like five days, four days a week or something was the difference in people's kind of content level in life was, you know, astronomical. Just that little bit of difference of disconnecting can make a huge difference in your day-to-day life. Absolutely. I see it every time you also like I live two minutes from the beach now and whenever I walk it's just like oh it's heaven. I don't take my phone I just walk and it's beautiful. Yeah well you know it's funny that actually takes us back to you asked why I left LA. Uh, One of the I I think the when it hit me I needed to leave is um, I was just trying to get I realized I couldn't get away from people. Like no matter where I went, uh, you go to the beach, the beach is busy anywhere. You can't even like drive to the back of a parking lot somewhere and not have a million people around you. And I just realized I'm like, oh, I hate this. You know, um, where I live now, I mean, I'm in the second biggest city in Washington state, Spokane, Washington. Um and but I can drive 20 minutes in any direction from my house and I'm in the woods and I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have the city, but I also can very quickly be out of the city. Uh, and that is a great, great joy to me. I love that. Um, you know, everyone I know in L.A., they give me shit for not living in L.A., but then they all just complain about L.A. all the time. <laughs> like, well, who's the sucker here? Because. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, such, it makes such a difference in life. And I think people, um, like we were talking earlier, people just get accustomed to that low grade depression and they don't think of it as a problem. They just think of it as life and really they need to readjust their focus and think of these things that they can control and can fix and can change. Um, and, and they can happen incrementally. Like, I, I think that it's the instant gratification culture too, uh, you know, they have to look at it as it, it, it's a, it's a work in progress that is never finished, but you're constantly working and making, chipping away and getting it a little bit better. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. And also it's like your, your brain is in, it gets into the comfort zone. The comfort zone is your depression now. And that's right. the danger because then it gets uncomfortable to actually feel better and to feel um, <laughs> delighted, you know? So um, at first it's uncomfortable. Your brain is like, wait, what? So much dopamine? What, 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 <laughs> what am I supposed to do with all of this? <laughs> that, so, you know, you, you found that, that change uh, through hypnotherapy. How often are you still doing, I mean, does, do you go under hypnosis regularly still? I do. And I also, I love to meditate. I don't say I'm, I'm not doing it daily. Um, but I, I also, so I love breath work. I love hypnosis. I love um, getting massages, just like doing things for me that another person does. It's just like, makes me feel good or like energy readings or tarot readings or whatever. It's, it's just like anything that I can do for me, it makes me feel good. It's, it's, it's great. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I feel like we, uh, again, with technology is so great in ways, but also it, it does take people out of touch with their innate um, connection with the universe uh, because you just lean on this technology that, that takes away your need for any connection or intuition. It just does everything for you, you know, so you don't have a, you don't ever need to work those muscles anymore. And, and that's so sad. Oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Yeah, please, please. Uh, yeah. Thoughts on that. No, I was going to say that it's super sad because um, we literally have all the answers within us. Every single answer that we need to know, like what it is that we need to do, the next steps that we need to take, new ideas, new technology. It's all within us. Even Einstein said it. He was like, you know, you just he just takes a nap. So Tesla too. He was like, just take a nap and then it'll all show up. And we don't use it anymore because we're used to external things bombarding us with information, with whatever it is. And it is sad that we forget that we have this power within us. And that's why I believe also the world is dumbing down. And they're just like happy to accept that. They're happy to accept their social media, their devices, their laptops and whatnot. It's just dumbing down. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's easier. It's easier to just talk at your phone and then your phone talks back to you and answer you. What you're asking them to do is does actually take some work. Uh, they actually have to be proactive uh, and it's easier to just sit back and let things happen to you instead of you actually working towards um, the things you want. Yes. And it's easier than, you know, I mean, it's, it's like a muscle. You have to work the muscle, obviously. Sure. But when you realize that your thoughts will, will create your reality and when you practice that, then you realize that you're, you have infinite powers and you have, you have a limit, you have limited, limitless opportunities and you have a life that, you, that can be better than you've ever imagined. The life that I have right now, if you would have told me five years ago, it's such a cliche thing to say, but I would never, ever have believed that I have it now. And it's, it's beautiful. And I know that more beautiful things are going to come because I know that I create my reality. If I have that power, what's going to stop me? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Once you know that and have that ability, um, it really makes such a huge, huge difference. And it's not it's not that hard to get. It's like a really thin barrier that I feel like people are up against all the time. They're just like, but their backs to it and they're looking away from it instead of they're right there. It's like all you got to do is turn around. It's right there and just do a little bit of work and it's it's so easy um but but again i think it's just no one sees that day-to-day -day work of just living in it and it does you know become your reality like you said absolutely and i hope that um you know by doing podcasts like these and by writing and by you doing comedy or whatever our creative outlet is that more people and more people are going to be inspired to really look back at themselves and say, Hey, you know, like we've done it. I've done it like five years ago. You did it how many years, however many years ago. And then just say, Hey, I actually also want to want to have the power. I want to reclaim the power that I have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. So, um, Jennifer, I want to ask you more questions about, uh, your international travels. Um, cause I'm fascinated by, by people who live in different countries. I always want to know, how their perspective on life and things. First of all, let's, let's do this. What is the, um, 
what is the best place you've ever traveled to? It's where I am right now, Cape Town. It Cape is? Town is my absolute favorite place in the world. I will want I want to live here. I want to stay here. It's freaking beautiful. What what is it like to what does it take to live there? Because, uh, I mean, are you still a citizen of Germany or what is your citizenship? I do. I'm still a German citizen. Okay. So what does it take to uh, live in Cape Town? I mean, do you have to uh, travel back to Germany once every six months or do you have to, how do you, how does that work for you? So at the moment, the president keeps extending our tourist visas, but normally you would have to travel back and forth every three months. Okay. You're technically not allowed to work. Um <laughs> And all these things, you know, like it's um, it's a lot. And then also the visa process here is pretty um, strict. So I'm hoping that I'm going to invest into like a house or something here and that I can just make that work for me and then marry and that's it. <laughs> just, just stay, just stay there. Um, the What is the worst place you've ever traveled to? The worst place, what I really don't like is Kampala. Kampala, Uganda is freaking absolutely crazy and it's la on steroids with how however many more people however many more cars however much more traffic it's just everything that we just talked about like all of your senses are being bombarded with smells and and images and people and yeah it's, it's just too much too much too much too much going on yes um what is the most unexpected thing traveling like that you've you've hit like something that you've unex people would never expect about a place you've been? Um, a lot of people ask me about my travels through Africa and how it is and how modern and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sitting here in an apartment that I could just have in any other place in the world, literally. And um also the friendships that I make because I literally now I have friends in every country that I visited and it's just beautiful to go to countries when you can stay in an Airbnb where you can meet locals and where you can always be surrounded by them and then they take you on adventures and and people are always surprised by me going to, to places alone and they're like oh you're so courageous and you're so and I'm like no dude I'm just like I just I'm just curious and I trust that everything will be okay and yeah. that um yeah that's it is uh is there any language barrier anywhere in africa for you or is english pretty ubiquitous down there english is yeah absolutely i mean um if you go to like really small villages somewhere out in nowhere um then of course it's going to be harder but um you will always make yourself be able to understand each other with your hands and feet and what or you sure. find somebody who <laughs> understands english so it's it's no problem how how did your English get so good growing up in Germany? <laughs> I was terrible in English when I was living in Germany. I, it only got good after <laughs> after I did my exchange in Mission Viejo. And then when I studied, obviously in LA, I also I studied English, English literature and stuff. So that's how that's how <laughs> it wasn't that great in Germany. <laughs> See, well, I mean, you you moved to America first time at sixteen, so you already spoke some English when you came here. Or? Of course, yeah, but it wasn't good. I all I always had like C's and C's. I would I was like a C in English, and then um, I I was actually able to really learn how to speak, and that's what made it. 
Huh, that's how. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes a difference. It does make a difference when you're living in the culture. You, it's easier to pick up uh, the language. But it's uh, f- interesting to me how uh, I, I, when I start talking to people all over the globe, it, se- it seems like almost everywhere they learn some English uh, kind of. Absolutely. Yes. It's, yeah. Very common. Yeah. So, uh, oh, you know, before I forget, I have to ask, what high school did you go to in, in Mission in Mission Viejo? Is it called Mission Viejo High? There is a Mission high Viejo school? High School. There's also Tribuco yeah. Hills. Uh, there's a couple different ones. So, No, I was in Mission Viejo High School, yeah. Okay. I was going to uh, – because I actually had family that went to those schools too, so I was wondering which one it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's so funny. Um, so uh, – how uh, I mean, how does uh, how does things look down there in Cape Town with uh, COVID and everything? How has that been? Um, I mean, since October, I've so I've been here since October, and um, that was the first time I went back into a club until midnight, which was great to me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we have to wear masks outside, but I don't. Um, because I don't believe in that outside. So it's not really strict. Uh, you are frozen. I don't know if you can still hear oh, me. Oh, I can still okay. hear you. Yeah. Um, okay, great. So it's not as strict. And um, we have a third wave right now. Um, we have a curfew from 11 until 4. And other than that, it's pretty pretty normal life going on here. Not Not a lot. So, yeah. Um, where were you at before October? In Germany. You were in Germany. What was it like there? Um, it was still nice. It was still good because, um, now everything is like, literally it's, uh, um, I don't want to get into it. Um, before that it was nice and we had a great summer and we were outside all the time. So the outside life was great because you actually, you were forced to be outside all the time, which was a great opportunity. Better for people. So, yeah, this have you seen more people reaching out to you during this time uh, due to kind of increased uh, depression, mental illness uh, caused by COVID? Not at all. Not at all caused by COVID, but maybe heightened by COVID, I would say. Um, Yeah, I mean, not really caused by it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mean directly because they, you know, had COVID or anything, but just because of the lifestyle that this is, you know, they uh, have forced to be inside, not see people they want to see, losing their job, not having as much income, things like that. Just all the all the kind of ancillary effects of this pandemic that have affected people yes yeah so is that you've seen more people yeah but i yeah Mm, yes but it was i mean yeah yeah definitely more people but um obviously they've they've had their stuff before now it it was just like boom you have to be with yourself you have to work like you have to do (laughs) something (laughs) oh yeah i mean that that it's it's tough when you're especially if you don't live with a bunch of people and you have to sit and kind of stew in your own self for a while. Yeah. You start to realize some things and, uh, have to deal with them somehow. Yep. (laughs) So, uh, well, Jennifer, where, where can people find you? Uh, and if they want to procure your services. Yeah. So, um, you can find me on Instagram at mind your subconscious. And you can find me on Facebook under my name or also under Mind Your Subconscious. 
And I also have my own podcast. I'm not doing any episodes right now, but you can learn more about hypnosis and what it does about any kinds of modalities that may help you that you can work with your subconscious mind, for example, tapping or um, other kinds of therapy. Um, yeah, that's it on YouTube. I'm also on YouTube. So either type my name or mind your subconscious and I will come up. How, how long is a, uh, a session? A session is always an hour or not always, but you know, if, if it goes over, then it goes over for like 15 yeah. minutes, but okay. yeah, usually an hour. Uh, what if I want to do a hypnosis session? How can, can we hook <laughs> that up? Can you hypnotize me? Jennifer, I've never done it before. I want to do one. Of course, of course I can hypnotize you. If you, if you, yeah, you, you're doing all the right things already. You know, you go into the flow tank, you're, you're doing meditation. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What, yeah. what would you want to do it for? Uh, that is a good question. I think I feel like I'm still trying to, um, uh, d because of what I do, uh, entertainment, comedy and things like that. Uh, I, I, struggle i have so much i have to do so i'm i struggle sometimes with like disconnecting from that and like um when i can when i can disconnect i love it and i i revel in it so much it's just difficult for me too because it's so demanding so. let me ask you a question what is it that you do you think you have to do all these things or is it just like you put that on yourself um probably a little of both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, uh, do more than I have to, but it's, it's an interesting, you know, I mean, comedy is interesting that way where you, especially when you're, you, you know, like I don't have an agent. I am my own agent. You're booking your own shows. I produce my mm. own shows. I'm writing comedy. I'm traveling. Um, so, so it's a, it's a one man show. No one's doing it. You know, I, I produce the events, I book them, I do my travel and all that. And that, so it, it really uh, is a lot. Plus I, you know, the podcast and da, 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 da. There's a lot of, a lot of things. So. Okay. And do you believe in hard work or do you believe in things can be easy? Uh, again, a little of both. I, I think, uh, <laughs> okay. I, I think some, some hard work can be good. I think things can, things can be easy. Um, you know, you can find a rhythm and, and uh, things can be easy, but also, you know, sometimes hard work is necessary. But uh, yeah, I think a little of both. Okay, so you're open to it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so can you can you fix that? Yeah, easy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, one session, in and out, boom. Oh, all right. Well. Um, depends. So what I do with people usually is I work with them for three months. But if you want like an intensive or something, three sessions um, may do. So it, it always depends. But what I usually do is I work with people for at least three months because that's when I see the real results. And what I ask them always is like, what does success mean for you? And then at the beginning, you'll see that outside stuff, finances, da, 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 da. And then in the middle, I do one. And then at the end, I ask them the same question. And at the end, it's like always um, a sentence like, being myself, being happy with myself, happiness, fulfillment, all these things. So it's really beautiful to see that subtle shift in thinking. Yeah. All right. Uh, what does that, what does that cost? Um, the three months program? Yeah. So if you pay in full, it's 3000. And, uh, what, have, and how often is that once a week? 
Um, that's three times a month. Three times a month. Okay. Yes. Uh, what about an intensive three time session? What do you, what's that? Intensive three would be then um, 1,000. Okay. Hey, that's for you. And, uh, yeah. is, is that American or is that Cape Town? That's dollars? American. That's U.S. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys have comedy in Cape Town? Do we have comedy? Yes, of course we have comedy in Cape Town. <laughs> is, it, is, it like, is it like comedy in other countries? Yes, yes, absolutely. Because I mean, they make fun of Germans, they make fun of Americans, they make fun of everybody. <laughs> is there what is? Uh, you said Cape Town's got the most European is most European country. Is there a lot? Of, are there a lot of Americans there too? Actually, no, not really. There's no. not a lot of Americans in Cape Town. No, is it mostly Europeans then? Yes. Oh, hmm. like a lot of Germans. There's even the sauerkraut hill, what they call it. It's like German, Swiss, and Austrian. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, you got your own town, a little uh, carved out your own little part of it. So, yes. Um, all right. Uh, well, Jennifer, uh, uh, tell us anything else uh, we need to know before we get out of here for the day? Um, yeah. I just want to repeat that we should trust in our own power. We should trust in ourselves and our intuition and we should work on that daily and just exercise the muscle because not, we're not, of course, all perfect, but we can definitely strengthen that muscle. And really we have all the answers within us. We don't need to reach anywhere outside. Even me, like I'm just a guide to, to helping you to get to that state when eventually you can do that on your own. I'm yeah. literally just a guide, but then eventually I want all my clients to be able to do it on their own. And so they go on and they're like, oh, I do this now. I do this now. And, da, da, da. and it's, it's like a really useful tool. Yeah, that's great. And I uh, definitely, you definitely should do that. Uh, it is a muscle, you know, and it is one of those things you have to consistently work and keep up on. Um, but it's, it's nice because once you kind of have it working, it's way less, the momentum is going. And it just kind of starts, yes. it's like a train, you know, it takes a lot to get that train moving at first, a lot of power, a lot of energy, but then it's just moving quickly and without and very efficiently and kind of under its own momentum instead of taking work to move. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, Hey, uh, Jennifer, I appreciate you being here. Everyone, uh, go follow her again. Shout out your social media one more time for us, Jennifer. Instagram at mind your subconscious and same on Facebook and on YouTube and on Apple podcasts. All right. We'll find the podcast follower on social or Spotify media or Spotify. <laughs> yeah. uh, check it out. Check out the podcast and check out our services. Uh, you could all, everyone could benefit. Even if you're doing great, you can always do, uh, there's always room for improvement in way things you may not even know uh, that need to come out a little bit. So, you know, give it a shot. Um, Jennifer, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for doing this. Um, and, uh, guys, as for me, just go to decomedy.com, Check out, uh, everything going on. We've got shows, uh, across the country, literally from LA to Florida, uh, coming up through this year and, uh, much, much more. So check it out. Uh, that's it. Uh, for me, I've been Dees and for Jennifer and the social hour. Thank you very much guys. And, uh, we will see you all next week.